0: Our New Testament passage today picks up in 1 Timothy chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. First of all, all right, so there are some priorities in life. First of all, he said, first thing I want to talk to you. First of all, I urge, he didn't say I command, he said I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people. All right, so that's believers... Sometimes when I'm talking about believers, I just put a cross. That's talking about the unsaved. That's talking about all classes of people. He said, I want you, I want you to make supplication, prayer, intercession, thanksgiving for all people. There should be nobody that you're not praying for. Uh, let's call it friends. Friends enemies. And you know what I've learned about praying for your enemies and blessing your enemies in prayer? You you find that the the sting of their words don't hurt as bad. And you, you find that your own heart doesn't feel as strong emotionally about it. Pray for your friends and pray for your enemies. And now he begins to say for kings and all who are in high positions, whether you like their politics or not like their politics, forgive me, whether you like their decisions or don't like their decisions, forgive me. He said, now listen, you need to be praying for President Duterte. Well, I'm gonna pray for him, but I'm not gonna pray for Lenny, excuse me, all who are in high positions. Well, I'm gonna pray for Lenny, but I'm not gonna pray for Duterte. I didn't vote for him and I don't like him. For kings and all who are in high positions. Now he said, there's a reason for this prayer. That, so here shows purpose. He said that we may live peaceful and quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. So this is the fruit of prayer for, le- for governmental leaders. The fruit of praying for governmental leaders, peaceful lives, quiet lives, godly lives, dignified in every way, <laughs> And he said, this is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. What is good? This lifestyle is good and pleasing in the sight of God our Savior. The ability to live a peaceful life, a quiet life, a godly life, dignified in every way, dignified when it comes to how we sleep and how we eat and what we wear and the environment that we... We live in, not not an environment of such extreme poverty that it it takes away human dignity. No, dignity. Who desires all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Now notice, all people. Now I know that Calvinism, that's a theological system, like most theological systems, it's got good things and bad things. Calvinism teaches that only the elect will be saved. But I want you to notice, Paul said, God desires all people to be saved. That There's not just a few people that can be saved. All people can be saved. And to come to a knowledge of the truth. So number one is to be saved, and number two is to come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. Now, brothers and sisters, the reason everybody needs to hear the gospel, come to a knowledge of the truth of the gospel, come to the message of salvation, It's because there is only one God. I mean, there, there there is only one God. And there is only one mediator. Now, please, I'm not against anybody. But Muhammad is not the mediator between God and man. Jesus is. Buddhist, Confucius, I mean, all of these worldly religions, That there is not, a plan of salvation jesus is the one mediator not one of many there is only one okay so the the reason we we want stability and peace in the world is so that we can preach the gospel now have you ever noticed that when there's chaos it becomes more difficult to minister when there are wars, you, you can't do crusades in the middle of wars. You, you can't build churches in the middle of wars. Now, brothers and sisters, in order to see the gospel cover the earth, we need peace in this world. We need stability in this world. So Paul is saying, hey, you, you pray for kings and all those in positions of high authority. Why? Peaceful, quiet, godly lives. So we can live in a dignified way. Because God is wanting everybody to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth because there's only one way of salvation. Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom. No one took his life. He gave himself. So again, I make a little note, not a martyr. Who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. Now, brothers and sisters, this proper time thing you need to get a hold of. In all the eons that God looked at, past, present, and future, God chose the time for Jesus, the perfect time to launch the gospel. For this, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I'm telling the truth. I'm not lying. A teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So I want you to notice, Paul says, his appointment was threefold. Threefold appointment. He said, Number one, I'm appointed as a preacher. Number two, I'm appointed as an apostle. And number three, I'm appointed as a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. He said, That's what I'm appointed to do and be. Now he gets into some very practical advice. He said, I desire, he said, This is what I'd like you to do, Timothy. I desire that in every place the men should pray. Guys, you don't leave this to the women. I I see so many men that say, my wife does the praying in our family. Excuse me, gentlemen. In every place the men should pray. Okay, guys? If anything, men, you should be leading the prayer in the family. You should be the number one prayer in the family. Men should pray, lifting holy hands without anger or quarreling. Now, there is a season to be anger, and there is a season to have a little quarreling because things aren't right. We see Paul quarreling over doctrines in Antioch of Assyria. We see Paul confronting uh, Barnabas because of, of a mess up in the team, and he did not want this young boy running off and abandoning the ministry again. So there is a time when people get into dispute. But he said that in prayer— In prayer, there is no anger. In prayer, there is no anger. And in prayer, there is no quarreling. Now, 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 please forgive me, brother, but in prayer, do not bring your baggage. Okay? Don't bring your quarrels and don't bring your anger in prayer. Lift up holy hands to the Lord with no anger and no quarreling. Prayer meetings are not a place of quarreling. Prayer meetings are not a place of anger. Now there's there's a place for anger, like Jesus cleansing the temple, but not in a prayer meeting, not when you're praying. You leave your anger and you leave your quarreling. You don't bring your baggage to the place of prayer. He said, likewise, also that women should adorn themselves in respectable apparel, in other words, modesty. Now, 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 sometimes, ladies, you get upset because ah, you, you need to just dress modestly, okay? And I don't like just picking on the ladies because young men, you need to dress modestly also. But Paul here says, "Adorn yourself in a respectable apparel with modesty and self-control. All right, ladies, you don't want to be showing things. You don't want men looking at you walking down the street, okay? With modesty and self-control, not with braided hair and golden pearls and costly attire. He said, now, listen. You know, quit trying to be extravagant and just you know, in some of the in, in the ancient Roman world it, it got pretty wild at times, all right? So Paul said, let's let's tone down this stuff a little bit. He said, But with what is proper for women who profess godliness? With good works. All right, so let's he said, let's tone it down. Let's tone down the extravagant appearance. And he said, rather, uh, let's let's adorn ourselves with good works, ladies. Like Dorcas, okay he said let's let's put out the good works let's let people rather than people seeing your wealth in your gold, your pearl, you know there are some ladies that have more gold on than they have anything else all right let, let's not try to display our wealth and be all ostentatious he said, but let, let's let's adorn ourselves with good works. He said, now let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness he said, I do not permit." a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to me remain quiet. Okay, now here's where I put question marks. Now, I could teach through this passage, and that would make you very happy. But rather than teach through this passage, let me ask you to put some questions. Learn learn how to put questions in your Bible, because this is morning devotions, not evening service. So, you know, I would put a question mark next to all of this, all right? Why should a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness? And why would Paul not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man? Rather, she is to remain quiet. Uh, I, I've got a question mark here. Now, my question is, what do we do with Phoebe, who was, and literally, she was a diakonos, uh, and the word that is used there should, could also be translated minister and a large majority, other than our Baptist brothers, scholars believe that Phoebe was the pastor of the church in Sincrea. What do you do with Anna, the prophetess in the temple when Jesus was brought there as a baby? Uh, what do you do with the seven daughters of Philip who prophesied? Uh, I mean, what, what do you do with these, these people who obviously in the Bible were ministering and some of them ministering alongside Paul. But it looks like he's saying not to do that. Obviously, there's something that we're missing. So why don't you go dig it out a little bit? You've, asked, you've learned to ask the question. Now go dig it out a little bit. That's what you do when you have questions. He said, for or because Adam was formed first, then Eve. Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Okay, but again, I have questions. Eve deceived, Adam chose with knowledge. Okay, all right. I mean, okay, I'm not getting this because Paul knew these passages better than we do. Okay, we agree that Adam was not deceived. Adam chose with knowledge. Eve was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith, Love, holiness, with self-control. Now, again, I got a big question mark with that. You mean the only purpose of a woman? The only reason a woman is saved is because she's childbearing? Obviously, we're missing a great deal of understanding from this passage. So we put question marks next to it. Because when you look at how Paul speaks to women in other places, he's the one that that teaches us there's neither male nor female in Christ. Wow. Wow. Okay, so obviously we've got some stuff here that we're not understanding about what's going on in the environment that Timothy is in. So rather than teach through this passage, I'm wanting to teach you to ask questions because questions is how we learn. All right, let's open up our hearts and spend some more time in worship. Our Old Testament passage today begins in Jeremiah chapter twenty-four. Now, remember with me, Jeremiah was a very young man prophet. All right, Uh, I like when I began to go to Hong Kong so many years ago. They would call people "old man Chan" or "young man Chan," uh, and I always found it cute as as a way of describing somebody. But let's describe Jeremiah as young man young man prophet. All right, chapter twenty-four, verse one. After Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, had taken into exile from Jerusalem, Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, together with the officials of Judah, the craftsmen, the metal workers, and had them brought to Babylon. Now notice, the king, the officials, the craftsmen, the metal workers. All right, so let's understand leadership and brain drain. So leadership drain and brain drain. That is how to weaken a nation. Now, sometimes we don't think that these metal workers and craftsmen are, um, you know, the brain drain of society. But in modern days, we would call these the engineers. We would call these the professionals. Okay, these are people with highly marketable talents and skills that Earned them a very good income. So the leadership drain and the brain drain weakens the nation. The Lord showed me a vision. Behold, two baskets of figs were placed before the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs, like the first ripe figs. The other basket had very bad figs, so bad they could not be eaten. And the Lord said to me, What do you see, Jeremiah? I always like that. God asks us, What do you see? He shows us a vision and says, What what do you see? He said, I said, figs, the good figs are very good and the bad figs are very bad, so bad they cannot be eaten. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, like these good figs, so I will regard as good the exiles from Judah, whom I have sent away from this place to the land of Chaldeans. I will set my eyes on them for good and I will bring them back to this land. I will build them up and not tear them down. I will plant them and not uproot them. I will give them a heart to know that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. For they shall return to me with their whole heart. But thus says the Lord, like the bad figs that are so bad they cannot be eaten, so I will treat Zedekiah, the king of Judah, his officials, and the remnant of Jerusalem who remain in the land, and those who dwell in the land of Egypt. All right, so those who ran away. I will make them a horror to all the kingdoms of the earth to be a reproach, a byword, a taunt, and a curse in all the places where I drive them. And I will send the sword, famine, and pestilence upon them until they are utterly destroyed from the land that I gave to them and to their fathers. Now, I want you to notice this looks backwards. It looks like the people who got to remain in the land, they would be the favorite of God. And the people who went in the exile, those would be the people who were being punished. But remember, God has prophesied earlier through uh, Jeremiah that they were to go into Babylon. They were to go into Babylon. They were to go into exile. So in other words, he said, those who accept their discipline for what they have done, he said, I'm going to set my hands on them, set my eyes on them. I will bring them back. I will build them up. I will plant them. I will give them a heart to know me. So in other words, when you accept the discipline, God brings about restoration. Ah. Chapter 25, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah concerning all the people of Judah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, son of Josiah, king of Judah. That was the first year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon which Jeremiah the prophet spoke to all the people of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem. For 23 years, from the 13th year of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, to this day, the word of the Lord has come to me, and I have spoken persistently to you, but you have not listened. (laughs) Okay, pastors, here's a word for you. Keep teaching even when the people don't listen you you just keep teaching okay you you just keep going he said you have neither listened nor inclined your ears to hear although the lord persistently sent to you all his servants the prophets saying turn now every one of you from his evil ways and evil deeds and dwell upon the land that the lord has given you and your fathers from old and forever all right so he says now listen For how many generations has God sent the prophets to you, asking you to repent? How many generations has God done this? Do not go after other gods to serve or worship them, or provoke me to anger with the work of your hands. Then I will do you no harm. Yet you have not listened to me, declares the Lord, that you might provoke me to anger with the work of your hands to your own harm. Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, because you have not obeyed my words, all right, consequences. Now notice, mercy, 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 now consequences. For how long did God talk to them? Now, now, beloved, please, when God begins to correct you about things that you're doing wrong, And you just keep persisting in it. Mercy will flow, mercy will flow, mercy will flow. But one day consequences do come. Behold, I will send for all the tribes of the north, declares the Lord, and for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, my servant, wow, an unsaved guy was called God's servant. And I will bring him against this land and its inhabitants and against all these surrounding nations. And I will devote them to destruction and to make them a horror, a hissing, and an everlasting desolation. Moreover, I will banish from them the voice of mirth and the voice of gladness, the voice of the bridegroom, the voice of the bride, the grinding of the millstones, there's food, and the light of the lamp. The whole land shall become a ruin and a waste. And these nations shall serve the king of Babylon 70 years. Then after 70 years are completed, I will punish the king of Babylon. all right, so there's going to come a duration. all right so consequences have limits. consequences have limits. I will punish the king of Babylon and that nation, the land of the Chaldeans, for their iniquity declares the Lord making an everlasting making that land an everlasting waste. I will bring upon, and folks, have you noticed, to this day, Babylon, which is basically a large part of Iraq. Have you noticed what a wasteland it is? But Yeah. I will bring upon that land all the words that I uttered against it. Everything written in this book, which Jeremiah prophesied against all the nations. For many nations, the great kings shall make slaves even of them. So many nations and great kings, and I will recompense them according to their deeds and the work of their hands. All right. So there are consequences for our actions. Thus, the Lord, the God of Israel says to me, take from my hand this cup of the wine of wrath and make all the nations to whom I send you drink it. They shall drink and stagger and should be crazed because of the sword I am sending among them. So I took the cup from the Lord's hand and made all the nations to whom the Lord sent me drink it. Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, its kings and officials, to make them a desolation, a waste, a hissing, and a curse, as it is this day. Pharaoh, king of Egypt, his servants, officials, and all his people, and all the mixed tribes among them, all the kings of the land of Uz, the kings of the land of the Philistines, Ashkelon, Gaza, Ekran, and the remnant of Ashdod, Edom, Moab, and the sons of Ammon, and all the kings of Tyre, and all the kings of Sidon, and the kings of the coastland along the sea, Didan, Tamabuz, and all who cut the corners of their hair, and all the kings of Arabia, and all the kings of the mixed tribes who dwell in the desert, and all the kings of Zimri, and all the kings of Elam, and all the kings of Media, and all the kings of the north far and near, one after another, and all the kingdoms of the world that are on the face of the earth. And after them, the king of Babylon shall drink. Then you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, God of Israel, drink, be drunk, and vomit, fall, and rise no more, because of the sword that I am sending among you. And if they refuse to accept the cup from your hand to drink, then you shall say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, you must drink, for behold, I begin a work of disaster. So there are beginnings of things that is called by my name. Shall you go unpunished? You shall not go unpunished. For I am summoning a sword against all the inhabitants of the earth, declares the Lord of hosts. You therefore shall prophesy against them all these words and say to them, The Lord will roar from on high and from his holy habitation. Utter his voice and he will roar mightily against his fold and shout like those who tread grapes against all the inhabitants of the land. The clamor will resound to the ends of the earth for the Lord has had an indictment against the nations and he is entering into judgment with all flesh and the wicked shall be put to the sword, declares the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts. Behold, disaster is going forth from nation to nation, and a great tempest is stirring from the farthest parts of the earth. And those pierced by the Lord on that day shall extend from one end of the earth to another. They shall not be lamented or gathered or buried. They shall be dung on the surface of the ground. Wail, you shepherds, and cry out. Roll in the ashes, you lords of the flock. For the days of your slaughter and dispersion have come, and you shall fall like a choice vessel. No refuge shall remain for the shepherds, nor escape for the lords of the flock. A voice, the cry of the shepherds, and the wail of the lords of the flock, for the Lord has laid awake to their pasture. And the peaceful folds are devastated because of the fierce anger of the Lord. Like a lion, he has left his lair, for their land has become waste because of the sword of the oppressor and because of his fierce anger. Now, you look at this and you go, wow. You know, many, many centuries ago, there was a preacher by the name of Jonathan Edwards, part of the uh, Great Awakening. And he preached a sermon called Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And when you read the book of Jeremiah, you begin to see the incredible mercy and patience of God but you also see that there are consequences for sin. Jesus died on a cross to take the punishment of our sins. Listen to his call for repentance. Never push it away. All right, God bless you. We'll see you tonight, seven o'clock for evening service.